0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Kind of my, going to be my last preach for a little while, which is kind of good and bad. I have been putting together like about four messages a week, so. Uh, but I've actually enjoyed the challenge because it, it's meant you know really really pressing into into God. And uh, I preached a message on Wednesday night at Balboa that is worth downloading. The, the, the God of Territories, or the God of All Territories, it's worth having a listen, listen to. Um, but today I, I, got a, I got a fresh word. They asked me, hey, are you going to preach Wednesday's word Sunday? And as tempted as I was, I felt God say, no, I've got another word for, for you today, you beautiful people. So the title of my message today is Life from Death. Life from death. Uh, there's a theme in the Bible, and there's a theme that God wants to communicate through the Bible, and that is that we win. Yes. Amen. That is that we win. So there was life, then death came, but death got swallowed up in victory, and death was overcome by life. And so we have eternal life. It doesn't finish in death. It doesn't finish in the grave. There was blessing in Genesis one twenty eight. Then curse came, Genesis 3. But the Bible says that Jesus became a curse to redeem those under the curse that the blessing of Abraham could come. So there was blessing, curse, curse. But then it finishes triumphant with blessing. So I just want you to know whatever you're facing now, whatever you're walking through now, you have made the wisest decision this Sunday morning because you are sitting in a house that isn't going to teach you from Yale or Oxford, Cambridge, darling, Harvard. We're we're actually going to be teaching you from the Word of God. From the word of God. And the word of God always produces life. Words from heaven always produce life. So come with me in your Bibles. It's all going to uh, make sense shortly. We're going to read from verse 36 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 36. Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So Paul is, Paul is talking about kingdom thing. So I'm going to walk past a seraphim because I... <laughs> Because I was a coward on earth. So just so you know, I'm happy to fight the battle. God's default for you is to be blessed. God wants you blessed. He wants you living in blessing. He wants you living in blessing. So God cannot curse Adam. Even though Adam is going to sin, God blessed Adam. But after Adam sinned, God said, Cursed be the ground for your sake. And because the ground is cursed, thorns and thistles, briars and poisonous stuff, it'll produce for you. And out of the toil of your labor, out of the sweat of your brow, you will find that the earth seems, for whatever reason, constantly working against you. It's going to be difficult for you because your transgression has brought curse on the the earth. So let me give you three quick thoughts in just a few minutes we have together. The first thing that you need to understand is that death is in the earth. If you can just understand that what the Bible teaches is that death is in the earth. Whatever God curses ends up dead. Whatever he blesses ends up alive. Jesus comes to a fig tree boasting because it's got leaves. It's got leaves. And Jesus came seeing leaves. It wasn't really the season for figs, but this thing is, is drawing nutrients from the ground. <laughs> it's got all these leaves. So Jesus thinks, well, if it's got leaves, it must have fruit. But when he gets there, there's no fruit. There's just leaves. Some people say maybe he was ticked remembering Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together when they ate the forbidden fruit. I'm not sure whether he was just angry, had a bad hair day, or was, just, or was hangry. <laughs> But when he saw the, 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 tr- the fig tree having no fruit, he cursed the fig tree. The next day they came past and it was dead. I believe that one of the reasons that he cursed the fig tree is, is because it was in violation. It was transgressing laws of life because it was receiving nutrients to produce leaves, but it wasn't giving its fruit fruit. So the people could, it was happy to receive, but it was stopping there. And so God says, you're already dead. They came past the next day and the fig tree was, was dead. You'll find the same thing happens. There's, there's two, two uh, bodies of water in Israel. There's two seas. The Sea of Galilee and what's the other one? The Dead Sea. What's the difference between the two? The Sea of Galilee Receives water, but it also gives water. The Dead Sea only receives; doesn't give. So it's Dead Sea because there's no outflow. When you when your life starts giving, there's a man who who has a bumper crop harvest, and he says, "Man, I've got I've got more crops, and I know what to do with." I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns. And then I'll say to myself, self, you're enjoying a bumper harvest. Self, why don't you take it easy? Self, just live high on the hog for the next few years. And God says, you fool, tonight your life is required of you. Who, in other words, death came because the man stopped seeing himself as a conduit he saw himself as just a receptor. He saw himself as just a beneficiary. But you and I are blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. The, moment you stop, the moment you stop the blessing of God from going to you and then through you and out to others, it's almost like. And so death comes. Death comes. If you see the earth, that death is in the earth. Uh, we, 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 we bury our dead in the earth. We put a seed into the earth and the seed has to die. They found uh, a few years ago, they found some sunflower seeds in a sarcophagus of one of the pharaohs. The, the seeds were thousands of years old and they, they thought, Arthur, oh, well, if they're thousands of years old, they're probably past their expiration date. They probably don't work no more. So they thought, well, what have we got to lose? So they took those seeds and they planted them in the soil of the earth. And lo and behold, they all began to sprout and produce life. Sunflowers grew, even though they were thousands of years old. So I need you to understand that that even though there is death in the earth, God has a process. God has a process. It's very, very important that you understand that life comes from heaven. Heaven. Life comes from heavenly principles. There were sunflower seeds, but there was no life. There was death in the earth, but it wasn't until they took the seeds and they applied God's principles that they turned death into life. When you come into the house of God, your, your finances may be dead. Your relationships may be dead. Your thinking may be dead. Your, 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 your dreams and ambitions may be dead. Relationships, merit can be dead. But once you come into the house of God, there are words, there are teachings that will instruct you into the processes of God that can cause you to turn death into life that can bring forth life from death. Can somebody say, amen. Amen. It's so important. It's so important that, that, that you understand that, uh, from, from the earth, from, from the earth comes, comes death. Uh, the earth is filled with words. The earth is filled with words. But I've made a decision. I will not live according to the words of the world because there's no life in them. There's no life in them. God said in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And today, again, we're seeing, the, we're seeing these globalist crazy people saying that there's too many people. And we need to depopulate the planet. This is not the first time. This is a repeat. It goes all the way back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, God's people are multiplying. They're too numerous. Therefore, we'll depopulate them by throwing the sons in the Nile River. This is a, this is a repetitive theme. The devil rages against God. Death comes. We need to kill the unborn, and we need to, even if they are born, we, we should be able to make that Death comes from the world. The world will try to speak words over you that are death words. Let me just say this, that you cannot be delivered. You cannot be set free from any word that you've come into agreement with. If you've come into agreement with, they told me I'm useless. They told me I'm a no-hoper. They told me I'll be an addict for life. They, 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 they told me that that I'll never amount to much. If you, Until you break alignment, until you break agreement, that word will have power over you. Power flows where there is agreement. That's why we sing the word amen. Amen means let it be so. Can I just tell you the most powerful thing that God gave you was a mouth that could say Amen. But the devil wants to hijack your amen. He wants you to amen curse. He wants you to amen death. He wants you to amen hopeless. He wants you to amen never amen. He wants you to amen sickness. He wants you to amen struggle. He wants you to amen always living under. I remember watching many years ago with with my Leanne when we were first dating. The movie Pretty Woman came out with Julia Roberts. Pretty Woman walking down the street. Pretty Woman, and I can't believe. it. Anyway, it's a great song, great movie, great song. But there's a scene in there. There's a scene in there where uh, she's kind of just coming into being rescued, and and uh, what's the the male actor Richard Gere? Richard Gere says to her, "But you're so beautiful. How did you? I can't." Believe that you ended up in this lifestyle. I mean, you are beautiful. And her response was, she starts crying and she says, yes, but the negative words are always so much easier to believe. Here's the great challenge that you and I have. This is my biggest battle, Heather, is I live with me. I live with me. Which is not bad when I'm doing well, but also live with me when I absolutely flippin' suck. I, abs- I live with me when I drop the ball. I live- so I'm aware of my weaknesses. The enemy preys on that, and he tries, ah, you think that you're this, but really you're struggling, and you're over here, with and you're- And so he will try and get you into alignment. He'll sow a word and try and get you to align with that word because he knows that your, your flesh will identify with you, no good. Elijah calls down fire from heaven then goes back up to the mountain and breaks a drought so that rain comes down and fills the land. Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. Next minute he's depressed, wandering in a wilderness, saying, God, it's enough. Now take, I'm no better than my father. You know better than your fathers? Dude, you're, none of your fathers called fire down from heaven. None of your fathers were entrusted with the word. of. The, none of your fathers stood against all the false prophets. None of your fathers broke a dress. Are you kidding? What do you mean? But because the flesh, the devil was able to send a word and he came into alignment with his word because of the weaknesses of our flesh. Faith is making a decision that I am not what I feel. I am not what I struggle. I am not, The devil is a liar. He wants you to believe that if if you struggle with this, that's who you are. Well, they are just got to be honest, Oprah. If they're struggling with their gender, then that's who they are. Mm, I don't think so. Can I tell you, i made a decision that death is in the earth, and I ain't aligning my life with death. I'm going to align my life with the word of God. What God says, what God says you live up to. Don't live down to. Don't live down to words that people spoke over you. I remember when we lived in New Zealand. When we was in New Zealand, uh, I remember I had I was the chaplain in h- half a dozen different schools. And one, 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 I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday, one of the, one of the students come, and uh, she was so, like she was sobbing, sobbing uncontrollably. And I said, what happened, what happened? She says, well, her friend who was 15, six months earlier, they had this sleepover, and, uh, and they just decided to call the 1-900 Psychic Hotline. So you can call, you know, these psychics and it's $4 and 95 cents a minute. And so this 15 year old girl just thought it'd be funny to call the psychic hotline. So she calls the psychic hotline and the psychic on the other end of the hotline kept her on for almost an hour, almost 60 minutes. So, you know, extracted almost $300 and then gave her a word, gave her a word. So you say, well, you know, if it's a good word, it might be worth $300. Well, the word that came from the psychic was, how old are you, darling? She says, 15. She says, you'll be dead by your 16th birthday. That weekend, this young girl was in a car accident with someone else who was driving and died before her 16th birthday. See, the psychic was right. We need to listen to psychics. Darling, death comes from the earth and all the people who speak from the earth life comes from the heavenly man, life comes God sent prophets, that's why Jesus says beware of false prophets, beware of false teachers because you and I are susceptible you and I are vulnerable to words, whatever word you come into alignment with has power over your life, that's why every single Sunday you are the smartest people in East County because you get up and you get the kids dressed and you put them in the car and then you realize they've. and so you take them back in and you give them redress, and you put them back in the car and then you drive to church and you get here oh we're running late and, and you find a part and then you come in but every Sunday you're the smartest people because you know that there's going to be a word that is going to flow here <laughs> that can cause you to break the words of death and come into wor- agreement and alignment with words of life so that God's promises can become yes and amen in your life somebody say amen <laughs> I had to learn this the hard way because uh, I got saved when I was 18 years of age and I and, uh, got saved on a beach and had this encounter with Jesus. And all of a sudden, God went from, from my dad, w- who was an atheist, said there was no God. All of a sudden, God went from not real to incredibly real. Jesus, my Savior. And then I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, man, this is awesome speaking in languages I've never learned and then moving in the gifts. And, every- and it was just all awesome. Everything was awesome. Then I started going to church. This was incredible. Then I meet my Leanne in church. I'm like, man, just when I couldn't got any better. And then I asked Leanne to marry me and she was only 17. She said yes. And then I thought, flip, will her parents say yes? And through a series of God moments, her dad gave me permission to marry Leanne. And I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And then I finished Bible college and they sent me to New Zealand. And I'm like, yes, we're going to go into ministry. It is amazing. What I didn't realize is that death is in the earth. What I didn't realize was that, that I would take her into ministry, but my six years of experience of God were all positive. What I didn't realize is that Jezebel is in the Bible, and she's married to the king of God's holy people, Israel, but she is vile, wicked, and corrupt, and goes after the prophetic. And so Leanne has to battle a, a Jezebel spirit in the senior pastor's wife that wants to destroy her. It doesn't, it's not content to just ignore her. It goes out of its way to belittle, to humiliate, to try to destroy her. And I'm like, well, what is going on? And then as I begin to read the Bible, I find that Amnon uh, rapes his sister Tamar in David's house. The house of David is where Jesus would come. I'm like, what? And then I read in the Bible the very first murder is Cain and Abel, the very, very first family. The first family, there's mur- then I began to realize that there's death that even sneaks into kingdom things, that I have to, that I have to be on guard because the enemy likes to transgress boundaries. He likes to try to infiltrate kingdom things. When you come into this house, we're going to teach you how to extricate wickedness. We're going to teach you how to get rid of the devil. We're going to teach you how to recognize evil and wickedness and wicked agenda. We're going to teach you how to discern good from evil, right from wrong, truth from error, righteousness from so that you can drive out what is wicked so you don't have to live with it. You don't have to coexist with it. You don't have to say, well, I guess this is as good. No, no, you can drive it out of your life, baby, and you can live in the blessing and you can live in the favor. You can live in the goodness of God. Can somebody say Amen. All right, I've got to keep moving. Number two. Number two. Number two, point number two is the heaven earth synchronicity. The heaven earth synchronicity. I'm not sure whether you realize this, but the word for heaven in the Hebrew is ha shamayim. Ha is the, sha is sky, maim is waters. So the word for heaven means the sky waters. They say that the the, the, the sky is blue because of the reflection and the light. Uh, of the, off the ocean. So heaven and earth are meant to reflect one another. Jesus says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, when God's will is done on earth, she'll reflect heaven. When God's will is rejected in the earth, she looks nothing like heaven. When when you and I come into alignment with God's word, see God never God never wills something He doesn't word, and God doesn't word something He doesn't wills. So a lot of people say, "Well, you know, isn't God's will a mystery?" No, no, it's actually revealed, darling. He, he wrote it in a book, sixty six to be precise, sixty six books that reveal His will. Well, I'm not sure, like this sickness. No, no, it's His will for you to be healed. One Peter two twenty four says, "By His stripes you were healed." If you, if you were only meant to go to heaven, Jesus would have skipped the beating. Skip the, the whipping, skip the flogging, and just gone straight to the crucifixion. But the Bible says he gave his back to those who obeyed him, uh, and by his stripes we were healed. Jesus' will for you is healing. Jesus' will for you is deliverance. Jesus' will for you is forgiveness. Jesus' will for you is transformation. Jesus' will for you is freedom. Jesus' will for you is liberty. Jesus' will for you is to move from curse into blessing, from death <laughs> to life. That's Jesus' will for your life. So you will, find, you will find that you come into a house like this and, and Daniel Molchinoff will hear from heaven that, man, we, we, need to, we need to put the song, amen, we need to put the song, the blessing, as the final song before the preaching gets up. I don't know why. Daniel and I, we, we didn't talk. We, we didn't talk before the... But we're both listening to the same Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost says, this is the word that's going to come today. So therefore, set it up with this song to come today. We are sitting at the back. Oh, man, how cool, how cool is God? God had the whole thing orchestrated. So you come into a house where you will hear songs from heaven. Can I tell you, God put gifts, he, he put music, he put singing talent, people that could write songs and harmonies and melodies, he put them into the earth because God wants the, the, the songs of heaven to flood the earth so the earth would flourish. I'm not sure if you've ever seen those, um, th- those videos and uh, uh, the, the, what, what do they call it where it's um, rapid, no, time-lapse, time-lapse photography where you see this desert. And in the desert, there are these seeds, and they're dormant. But when it rains, all of a sudden you get this desert rain, and f- 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 all the and then all of a sudden, yesterday was it was just sand and dust, and now it's just filled with exquisite oranges and purples and reds and and yellows as, as the. the Everything sprouts and becomes beautiful. That's what happens in the earth. The devil knows if he can shut off the rain of heaven, if he can shut off you being rained on with with songs from heaven, so he brings songs from the earth, songs of death from the earth. They sing about, I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. I mean, what? They'll hijack... Make me your Aphrodite, make me your Wapadon. They, they sing songs of death, and people are singing songs of death. But you come into this house, and you come into this place, and there are songs of life that come, because whatever you sing about, you'll bring about. Whatever you come into alignment comes over your life. That's why, that's why God wants us to be a prophetic church. I don't want to re-preach the world, but I understand that I live with me. One of the saddest things is in our new album, if you see any of the videos of our new album, we have, we have three singers. We have Joel, we have Providence, and, and, uh, and, yeah, and then we have Jayden, Jayden Valdez. All three of them were rejected at least two times, some of them three times from our music team, all three of them. Rejected from our music team. When 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 Blake, who produces for bands like King and Country, heard them sing, he's like, "I've never heard voices like this in church." But they were rejected because people, out of insecurity. When I operate out of insecurity, I'm not operating in the spirit of God. God hasn't given you a spirit of. Fear. When I'm operating in fear, I actually transgress and I violate. It's very, very important that I that I guard my heart from pride, from insecurity, from being threatened. Saul drove David out because he was threatened by David's giant slaying anointing. And he and so he drove out. Death comes from coming to alignment with the Word of God. The prophetic, the prophetic is we need to release the Word of God. I need to to hear from heaven and speak what God is saying, can somebody say Amen? The last one, point number three, is that seed conquers soil. Seed conquers soil. One of the most beautiful things is sometimes you'll be walking along a footpath and there's a crack in the footpath, and you see you see you see this little sprout. You're like, oh my gosh! Like there's this little that seed was under all this concrete, buried under the and because of the light hitting the soil did you know that all seeds grow towards light? Did you know that flowers, if you follow them again in time-lapse photography, they follow the sun they follow the sun from the rising in the east to the setting in the west you were created to follow the sun, you were created to follow light, you were created for life so you'll see the seed under tons of concrete. Find a crack, poof, come up. Seeds always overcome. Jesus said in John 12:24, "Unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it'll remain a single seed. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it'll produce much fruit." Your life, your life, is designed to bear fruit you were designed to be fruitful. On the inside of you are gifts. On the inside of you are talents. God even, on top of the gifts and the talents, puts anointings on your life. Over the years, I've met all these people, and they're like, Pastor, I'm called to be a prophetic, apostolic, evangelistic, teaching pastor. And I've got gifts. And and they've got amazing gifts. I mean, they can prophesy the paint off a wall. I mean, unbelievable gifts. But they just... They never, their ministry never flourishes. Their ministry never takes off because they want to they skip the death part. They want to skip the dying part. I remember when I graduated from Bible college, you had all these prophetic words that, you know, you're going to be a preacher and you're going to be a prophet to this generation, you're going to be all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, baby, woohoo! just give me my platform. I'm ready to go. Did, did free youth through Bible college, and I'm ready to go. Where, where's my platform? And then I get sent to New Zealand. It's like, yeah, fantastic. All those prophecies here, yeah, wonderful. Just, yeah. Uh, what I need is, is I actually need someone to carry my bags. I need somebody to sweep my, I need someone to take care of the. And so instead of me being a preacher, I was in charge of, uh, cleaning. I was in charge of maintenance, building maintenance. I was in charge of the cafe. I was in charge of Sunday services. I was in charge of the ushers and the deacons. I was in charge of the Wednesday night services, Thursday night Bible college. I ran the the junior high, the high school, and the young adults ministry. And, uh, and then I was a chaplain in a whole bunch of schools. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was and it was 7 years of yeah you know what i'm going to do all your gifts all your talent we're actually going to get it and we're going to bury it bury it means you lose recognition if i if i show you an orange seed you're like man that's an orange seed now here's the thing any biologist can tell you how many orange uh, how many seeds there are in an orange but only god knows how many oranges there are in a seed and there are a lot of people cuz whether you realize or not you are a seed You began as a seed, the seed of your father, went into your mama. You're here as a result. But the Bible says you are a seed. That's why it says, blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord. There's no greater place for you to flourish than planting yourself in the house of God. Don't be a potted plant, Christian, because your roots never grow deep and your branches will never grow as high if you just remain potted. But yeah, but I got hurt in the church, so that's why I'm in my little pot. Because that way, like, if I don't like it, I can move to another place. And if somebody doesn't be nice to me, then I'm move. I'm going to pick up my pot, and I'm going to be over here. And if there, then I'm going to go over this way. Blessed are those who are planted in the house of God. They shall flourish. Their leaves shall not wither. Everything they do shall prosper. They shall bear fruit in all seasons. So Jesus says that the seed has to fall into the ground and die. You can see the seed until it's in the soil. Then it's gone. You know, and there's a saying, out of sight, out of. And so it's kind of like, so God sent me to New Zealand seven years. And if I was honest with you, I forgot that I was called to be a prophet. I forgot that I was called to be a preacher. I forgot because I was so busy trying to become an administrator and run things that even I thought, well, maybe that's not meaningful. anymore. Joseph is called to bring life and he ends up in a prison in Egypt, buried and forgotten. But when the seed is in the soil, it's in the right place. Because in the soil of the earth, the earth brings forth death. And Jesus says, unless a kernel of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it will remain a single seed. But if it dies, it went in as a seed, but it comes up a plant. Joseph went in as a rejected son. He went in forgotten. He went in abandoned. He went in Jacob thought he was dead but he comes up To the right hand of Pharaoh He comes up as a life giver He comes up as a deliverer He comes up as a savior And he saved the family that rejected him The family that sentenced him to death Was the family that he sustained Seventy of them came down But almost two million million of them Ended up coming out of, of Egypt To go into the promised land Because of Joseph See, God is smarter than the devil God is smarter than the devil. Jesus is the seed of heaven. When when Gabriel is telling Mary about God's plan for the earth, and and, and you're gonna be you're gonna be pregnant. This is this awesome? And his name's gonna be Yeshua Jesus, he's gonna be the Savior. Oh my God, he's gonna start. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think you came to the wrong house. I'm not married. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, um, you don't need a man. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and that which is conceived in you will be the seed of heaven. The Bible says in Genesis 3, God said to the devil, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. You'll bruise his heel, but the heel you bruise will crush your head. So the devil, for thousands of years, in every generation, in every generation, every generation was looking for the seed. He knew that God said a seed's going to come that's going to crush your head. He's like, I'm not letting it happen. So in every generation, he was looking for the seed. The Bible says, when in the fullness of time, Jesus came into the earth, and, and the devil, the wise men came they're worshiping. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We saw his st- devil's ears pricked up. he was looking he was looking and then the demons began to identify him we know who you are the holy one of God they identified him the devil comes into the wilderness so it seems you are the one of the provoker yes to fulfill what was spasm in Eden that's from hero but they you're the one of the prophecy you're the seed of heaven And he says, you can have them if, if your life for theirs. The devil said, I will kill you. I will kill you. He wasn't just content to to war with Jesus. He wanted to murder him. So the seed of of heaven ends up crucified on a cross. And then the devil, Adam and Eve sinned. Where, In a garden. In that garden, the devil was in a tree, pointing at a tree. Every tree in the garden was preaching to him. Every tree has fruit with seed. If the seed falls into the ground and dies, it'll produce another tree, bringing forth fruit. But the devil was so blinded by his hate and rage that God uses it against him. So he's like, I'm going to kill the Son of God on the cross. I'm going to kill him. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to take him from the cross and we're going to put him into a tomb. Jesus came into the world through a virgin womb. And the Bible says that right by Golgotha, and we've been there, right by Golgotha, there was a tomb where no man had ever laid before from virgin womb to virgin tomb. But the tomb was in a garden, and if the devil was smart, which he is not, he would have realized, if I kill a seed and I don't want it to produce life, what should I do? doesn't matter. What I'm going to do with this dead seed is I'm now going to bury it in a garden tomb let's roll the stone so it loses its it's now dead and buried I won really because my Bible says that when you take a seed and put it in the ground and it dies on the third day the first Adam became a living being the last Adam became a when Jesus rose his body went in beaten up, his body went in broken his body went in crucified his body went in whipped and torn his body went in sweating drops of blood but he rose with a body that could walk through walls, he rose with a body that sits at the right hand of the Father now Jesus is a life giving spirit, Adam and Eve ate from a tree of life or a tree of knowledge and death came. Jesus has become the tree of life that all who eat from him have everlasting life. He is a life-giving spirit. Every single Sunday we preach and teach the word of God because our God turns death into life. He's a God that turns cursing into blessing. He's a God that turns what looks like failure into defeat into triumph. Even the devil thought I've killed God, I've defeated God we've put him into a tomb, we've rolled a stone and I've, I've even put strong-armed soldiers to guard the tomb. But it doesn't matter the, the powers of men. You can have the greatest armies couldn't stop resurrection. The greatest military might of the day could not stop the purposes of God. I want you to know it doesn't matter what any man has said. It doesn't matter what any doctors have said. It doesn't matter what any experts have said. God's resurrection power, God's resurrection's life flows to anybody who believes. That's why Jesus says, to him who believes, all things are possible. Whoever receives and believes, if all you got to do is say amen. I'm putting my amen with the Come on, stand to your feet. We're out of time. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands high to heaven. Say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, today I come into alignment with the Word of God. I put my yes and my amen with all of your promises. I break alignments. I break agreements with every negative word spoken over my life. I no longer agree and align with words of death from the earth I come into alignment with the words of God the words from heaven that I am blessed highly favored that God's goodness flows towards me his mercy follows behind me I declare that I'm blessed in the country blessed in the city that God's hand is upon my life, that His favor is flowing 24-7, 365, towards my life, that He brings life where there's death. Come on, if you receive that, give God a great praise. Give Him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last thing, last thing i got to do, and then i got a handbag. If you're here today, don't walk out the same way you walked in. The greatest decision I ever made was coming into alignment with with heaven. And the way that that happened is John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, into the earth, that whosoever would believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God gave Jesus as a gift. And the Bible says all who received Him, to them He gave the authority, to them He gave the power to be sons of God. You weren't created to live a powerless life. You weren't created to be powerless in the face of adversity and being kicked around by life. You were created to be more than a conqueror. You were created to be an overcomer, but you've got to have power on the inside. That power comes from the Savior. That power comes from the Deliverer. That power comes from Jesus Christ. So just close your eyes and bow your head. If you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus, you've never accepted Jesus, you've never made Him your Lord and Savior, in the last ten seconds, I want to say a prayer for you. If that's you, would you quickly lift your hand? And say, "Yeah, Pastor, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus, surrender my life to Jesus, or realign with Jesus." If that's you, quickly just thank you, sir. Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you. Who else is there? Just lift your hand. And say, "Yeah, that's me." Would you pray for me? I'd love to. I'll see your hand. I'll pray for you. Who else is there? Lift it high. Thank you, darling. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Love to pray for you today. I feel like there's just one or two more. Who, who are those ones? There's just a, a wrestle going on on the inside of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is it one more? I'm out of time and I want to pray. Is it just one more? I feel like there's just one more. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. While our heads are bowed and our eyes closed, there were so many of that raised their hands. Why don't we all, church, why don't we all say these words out loud? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you. You so love me, you sent Jesus on a rescue mission to save my soul. Lord Jesus, thank you. On the cross, you made an exchange. All my sin were put on you and all your perfection was granted to me. You took the punishment my sins deserved so that I can live the life you deserved. Today I am saved, delivered, set free, clean. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.